0: Good morning and welcome to Crossview Church Sunday morning service. I'm Jen Oswald, Director of Outreach and Care, and I have a couple of announcements for you this morning. First, remember that you can find us at CrossviewRapids.org, as well as on Facebook, and it's there that you can stay informed on the opportunities we have to connect throughout the week, as well as find the resources that we've made available to you through this time. Also, mark your calendars for Friday, May 1st from 5 to 7 p.m. Crossview Church will have a booth as part of an event sponsored by the Wisconsin Rapids Rafters. It's a free community drive-through experience and will be held at the parking lot at Witterfield. Families and individuals can come through, can drive through the experience, and have opportunities to win prizes, receive lots of giveaways, um, and even have an opportunity to say thank you to local medical professionals and first responders. Every car that comes through is a 10-meal donation to Feeding America by the Wisconsin Rapids Rafters and other organizations will be there as well, giving back to the community and creating an atmosphere where we can connect again as a community. So Friday, May 1st, 5 to 7 p.m., mark your calendars, and we hope to see you there. Now enjoy your morning, and God bless.
1: Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Great to have you with us, and I'm really excited to sing this first song with you. uh, For the message that we'll be hearing today, This is going to help our hearts, I think. This song is called Who is Greater? And it's just a great reminder of our sovereign God, who he is and who we are under him. So let's open up our hearts and sing this song together as we prepare to hear from God's word today. God, thank you that we are able to live in relationship with you through your son, Jesus. Father God, thank you that you are great, that you are mighty, that you are powerful, that you know exactly what we need, that you are in control. And so, God, we just lay down our lives before you, recognizing you as our sovereign God, And ask that in this time together, you would work powerfully in all of our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Well, good morning, uh, or good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you're joining us for this service. Welcome to this uh, digital gathering of Crossview Church's uh, Sunday ish weekend service. Uh, I'm glad you decided to join us. If you don't know me, my name is Chris. Uh, I'm one of the pastors on staff here uh, at Crossview. If you do know me, Hello, it's good to uh, see you. You know, kind of through this screen. Uh, but glad you're joining us this morning. Before we get started, I wanted to give you an update on Pastor Dan. Uh, many of you saw the email that went out uh, earlier this week that he went into the clinic to get tested uh, for the coronavirus. Uh, and just to put you all at ease, that test came back negative. Uh, so uh, as far as we know, he does not have uh, COVID-19, but he is dealing with uh, a different type of up- upper respiratory infection. So please keep Uh, he and his family in your prayers as uh, the weeks go on and as you continue to uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Take him and his family uh, and pray for them. And with that... Uh, Just a note, uh, as your pastor, uh, I just want to say the kindest thing that you can do for Pastor Dan right now is to leave him alone. Uh, He loves you dearly and he misses uh, seeing you each week. And I know that he'll uh, miss you even more as he's not able to uh, interact with you on the phone or via email or whatever. But the best thing for him right now is to be able to rest and recover from whatever he's got going on. So... Uh, If you want to reach out to the church, you can reach us in the office, uh, email office at crossviewrapids.org, or you can uh, reach out to any of the staff. Uh, All of our contact information is on our website, and we would love to uh, handle those things. But please, if you have Dan's contact information, uh, please refrain from using that to reach out to him uh, at this time until he's uh, fully back and healthy. So thanks for your help with that. Uh, Before we dive in uh, to the rest of the message, would you uh, pray with me? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful Uh, that we can gather together uh, wherever we are and whatever we're wearing and whatever we're doing right now. We're just grateful that we can come together uh, around your word and around song and uh, worship you together this morning. And so we just ask for your insight as we look into this text. We ask for your help uh, as we wrestle through some things and as we think through uh, how to navigate the situation that we're in right now. Uh, We thank you so much for Jesus and for the blood that he shed on our behalf and for the hope that we have in the gospel. That's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning, uh, we're going to be here for uh, around 25 minutes or so, uh, so feel free right now to hit pause. Uh, go grab your favorite coffee mug if you want to do that. Fill that up with whatever you're drinking. Get your bowl of cereal or your blanket if you're on the couch, whatever you got to do, uh, and then come back here and meet me. Uh, I've got my favorite mug, and I'm ready to go, so I'll see you in a second. All right, uh, the title of this discussion this morning is uh, Gover- The Governing Authority and My Right. And we'll be looking at Romans chapter 13 verses 1 to 7 and then all of chapter 14 and the first part of, ver- of chapter 15. It's been fascinating for me to watch social media and see the huge variety of responses uh, from family members and friends that I have personally, but also my Crossview Church family and people that I went to school with at the various levels. Uh, I'm sure this Venn diagram doesn't do it full justice for the number of viewpoints that are out there and everything that's going on. But I thought it was helpful as we think through uh, the wide array of responses people are having. So if you can't read this, the top one says, people concerned about the economy and impacts on other aspects of people's welfare, things like mental health, abuse rates, et cetera. People concerned about government overreach. People concerned about our medical community and the impact of the coronavirus itself. And people concerned about the influence of partisan bias, hyper-suspicion, and conspiracy theorizing and then you see in the middle me all of us at Crossview Church and at the church uh, around the world land in probably one of these areas or maybe one of them don't over they don't overlap quite right for you uh, but you land somewhere on this circle what we have at Crossview Church uh, and in the church uh, globally is people who land on a spectrum right on the one end of the spectrum we have people who are ultra concerned with the medical side of this. Maybe they're high risk. uh, Maybe they're scared for family or friends who are high risk, but uh, they're dealing with a lot of fear and anxiety and feeling overwhelmed as their normal day-to-day life has been dramatically impacted by this in scary ways. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have a group of people who are angry who are frustrated with the way that the government is using their power to shut things down, who are dealing with some very real economic impacts as maybe their small businesses have been hit. All of those people exist in our church and everywhere in between on this spectrum. And so I want to ask the question this morning, how might scripture inform us? How might scripture inform each one of us as we land somewhere on this spectrum? Spectrum. Given the situation that we're in right now, how should we think about responding? How can Scripture inform the way that we interact with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, but also with our authorities, uh, those in local and national and federal governments, and even with the non believing world around us, our friends and neighbors, both personally and on the internet? Certainly, we can't cover all of uh, this in the few minutes that we have left, but I just want to lay out a few thoughts for us to consider this week, to consider uh, personally as you're thinking through some of these issues, but also to influence how you're interacting on social media or in phone calls or text messages or wherever as you talk to your neighbors uh, outside as you have those opportunities, and to be fully upfront Uh, I may not offer a whole lot of conclusions for you this morning. In the same vein that Pastor Dan asked us to meditate on some texts last week, uh, that's going to be my application this morning. I want you to consider what God's word here has to say for us and how that might shape and form the way that you think through these things. Also, please hear my heart in this. Uh, I don't have this all worked out Perfectly either. I'm sure that I land somewhere on that Venn diagram that I showed, uh, even though I'm not totally sure where specifically that is. But I'm trying to let God's Word shape as much of this for me as I can, but I miss the mark every single day, just like many of you. So don't hear this message as somehow as a holier than thou thing or as condescending or scolding. It's none of that. I'm working through this just like you are. So, That being said, uh, if you'd open your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 13, uh, as I said, we're going to be looking at uh, parts of 13, 14, and 15 this morning. So let's start uh, by reading Romans chapter 13, verses 1 to 7. Paul writes this Let everyone submit to the governing authorities, since there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are instituted by God. So then, the one who resists the authority is opposing God's command, and those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have its approval. For it is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, because it does not carry the sword for no reason, for it is God's servant, an avenger that brings wrath on the one who does wrong. Therefore, you must submit, not only because of wrath, but also because of your conscience. And for this reason, you pay taxes, since the authorities are God's servants, continually attending to these tasks. Pay your obligations to everyone. Taxes to those you owe taxes, tolls to those you owe tolls, respect to those you owe respect, and honor to those you owe honor. Paul says, Submit to governing authorities. Since there is no authority other than God, he says, and the authorities that exist are from God, therefore submit to governing authorities. Paul. Pend these words to the church in Rome, to believers in Rome where historically followers of Christ were harshly persecuted. They were burned, they were martyred, and they were cast regularly out of their city. Why does Paul tell believers in a harsh place like Rome to submit to authority? Well, because, as it says in the first parts of chapter 13, because those authorities were instituted by God. And there is no authority except from God. It's been fascinating for me to watch uh, the partisanship that exists in the world right now more broadly, but sadly, I think even in the church as well, depending on who you talk to or who you watch or who you read right now, there are basically two options, right? Either the evil Democrats have it out for us and they don't care about people and all they want is wealth and power and control. Or the Republicans don't care about anybody but themselves and all they are doing is staging protests so that they can get uh, their evil emperor, Donald Trump, re-elected this fall. It's an understandable place uh, to land with a little bit of skepticism about the motives of our government, right? Government is run by fallen, sinful people, just like you and I. But Paul recognizes the local outwork, uh, or the outwork of local and federal governments as under the sovereignty of God. Not only does he recognize them as under God's sovereignty, but he says, and we read that opposing government and opposing authority is actually opposing God's command. The government God said, is God's servant for our good. Therefore, it says in verse 5, you must submit not only because of wrath, but also because of your conscience. Not just because of the wrath that can come from the authority of the government as you break laws, but also because of your conscience, because of your recognition that government is God's servant for our good. For this reason, because, because the government is established by God, we must pay our obligations, taxes to those we owe taxes, tolls to those we owe tolls, respect to those we owe respect, and honor to those we owe honor. So, Paul says, submit to governing authorities. What might submission to governing authorities look like today? I'll readily admit that this is a very complex question but it's one that's worth wrestling through as we take a stance for whatever position we hold with government overreach or with safer at home or with what's an essential business or a non-essential business consider Paul's words this morning and be be careful that you're not conflating your american rights and freedoms with your kingdom obligations. Be careful that you're not confusing those two things. The constitution uh, is an amazing document. It's a great document, but it is not on par with scripture, and it doesn't carry the same weight in the life of the believer as God's word does. Sometimes, and this might be a gasp moment for some of you, sometimes we're called to surrender the rights that we have in the constitution to carry out the obligations that we have in scripture. Romans chapter 14, as we move on, tells us a little bit more about what that might look like. So let's turn a page ahead to Romans chapter 14, and we'll look at verses 1 through 12. Paul writes this, Accept anyone who is weak in faith, but don't argue about disputed matters. One person believes he may eat eat anything, while one who is weak eats only vegetables. One who eats must not look down on one who does not eat, and one who does not eat must not judge one who does, because God has accepted him. Who are you to judge another's household servant? Before his own Lord he stands or falls, and he will stand because the Lord is able to make him stand. One person judges one day to be more important than another day. Someone else judges every day to be the same. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. Whoever observes the day, observes it for the honor of the Lord. Whoever eats, eats for the Lord since he gives thanks to God. And whoever does not eat, it is for the Lord that he does not eat it. And he gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for himself and no one dies for himself. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, Whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and returned to life for this, that he might be Lord over both the dead and the living. But you, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will give praise to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to god paul is dealing here with matters of conscience he he brings up a few examples he brings up eating everything versus eating only vegetables or some judge one day to be more important than others he says whoever eats eats for the lord and whoever doesn't well he also does not eat for the lord God's people in the first century and in the Roman church wrestled with questions of conscience. Things like, should we eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols? Well, it's been sacrificed to that idol, so is it unholy now? And if we eat that, are we eating in a way that's honoring that idol and isn't honoring our Lord? Things like, is one day more important than another? Can we do things on the Sabbath? We saw this play out even in the life of Jesus as he healed on the Sabbath and the Pharisees called him out for that. Rather than getting into it and splitting hairs and laying it out really clearly for the first century on which things from Jewish tradition or which things uh, from Roman culture should or shouldn't influence how the early believers worshipped God, uh, Paul doesn't split those hairs. Instead, he tells us that matters of conviction are just that, matters of conviction and verse 1 of chapter 14 they're not to be argued over. There are all sorts of situations that this would apply to today, but the important part for us this morning or this afternoon or this evening isn't what right now. It's not what this applies to, it's the why. The why question. Why does Paul write that in spite of these differences of con- in conviction, we should not argue with one another? Well, as verses seven through 12 says, it says, "Because if we live, or if we eat, or if we have this conviction, or that one, or if we die, if we abstain, or if we reject this conviction or that one, Christ is Lord over both of us. Christ is Lord over both of us. What unites us as brothers and sisters in Christ is so much stronger than what. Divides us. Verse 11 says this. As I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me. And every tongue will give praise to God. Matters of, a con- matters of conviction are important. But they are not worth dividing over. Matters of a conviction are important, but they are not the most important. They're not worth wounding over. They're not worth damaging witness over. They're not worth Dividing over, as I said, they're not worth judging one another over. So, are local and or federal authorities overreaching or are they just fine within their constitutional power? Is the coronavirus as dangerous as some medical experts say it is or is it as benign as others claim? Are the benefits of safer at home, uh, do those benefits outweigh the economic costs and the economic trade-offs i don't i don't know i don't know the answers to all of those questions i have my thoughts and i'm sure you have yours and i know that probably for some of us we disagree maybe even strongly over some of these issues but what i do know is this jesus is our lord And you and I, wherever we land on this big spectrum of opinions on what's going on in our world today, we are more united in the reality and the hope of the gospel than we could ever be united, even if we agreed on issues surrounding coronavirus or something else in this fleeting life. So what do we do with that, right? We've still got to walk out our lives like, great, Chris, we're united around the gospel and we have this hope, but You and I still disagree. So how do we walk that out? Is it still okay to disagree, right? What can we do? Well, Paul says, uh, he actually doesn't say that we can't disagree. He says that we can disagree and there's a way to do that and still honor the Lord. So let's uh, move on to our last section here and look at Romans 14 verses 13 through uh, the first part of chapter 15. If you'd read with me, it says this, therefore, let us no longer judge one another. Instead, decide never to put a stumbling block or pitfall in the way of your brother or sister. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Still, to someone who considers a thing to be unclean, to that one, it is unclean. For if your brother or sister is hurt by what you eat, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy by what you eat someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, Do not let your good be slandered, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God and receives human approval. So then, let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. Do not tear down God's work because of food. Everything is clean, but it is wrong to make someone fall by what he eats. It is a good thing not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. Whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever doubts stands condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith. And everything that is not from faith is sin. Now, we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not to please ourselves. Each one of us is to please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself. On the contrary, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. Now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another according to Christ Jesus so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and one voice. Paul concludes here with some practical considerations. Paul takes this eating and drinking before the Lord thing and he gives us some things to think about practically. He says, "Pursue peace and build one another up. Bear the weaknesses of others. Live harmoniously with one another according to Jesus Christ and glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and one voice. So how do we walk this out? By giving up our rights for the sake of our brother, our sister, our neighbor, and God's glory. Again, as I said earlier, I don't have a blanket specific application for what this looks like for you and how this plays out in your life. I just want to encourage you to consider God's word as you think about these things personally and as you interact with one another. We have rights as Americans, right? And don't hear me wrong on this. I love America. There's nowhere else in the world that I would rather live. I'm so grateful that we live in a place where we can gather digitally and where we can put biblical content on the web and where we can protest and where we can talk about things freely and where our free speech And our freedom uh, to assemble in religious gatherings is protected. I'm so grateful for those things. It's amazing to live in America. But but sometimes in our zeal for our rights as Americans and in our fervor to be heard and to be right about an issue, we trample over our brothers and sisters in Christ. Sometimes uh, in our in our desires to make sure that our church is protected from any inconvenience or any difficulty, we throw the things that Paul says about disagreements to the wind. And when we do, our witness is hurt. It's hurt because people from the outside look in and see us disagreeing with each other in unkind ways and see us infighting and criticizing authority in unhelpful ways. Ways And very rarely does someone look in and see a critical person and think, man, I really want to be part of what they're doing. I really want to join something like that. But conversely, when we as believers disagree kindly... When we share our opinions but recognize that situations are complex and that authority was established by God and in many, if not most, or all cases are doing the best that they can with a very difficult situation. When we lay down our right to be right or to look good for the sake of our brother or sister who is really struggling through this thing. When we admit that we might be wrong, And when we live in harmony, despite those sometimes significant disagreements, when we do that, when those things happen, Christ is exalted. The father is glorified and people look in from the outside and they think, wow, they disagree, but they still love each other. They disagree, but they're still kind. I want to be part of something like that. Why don't you tell me more about how you're able to do that and about the hope that you have in Jesus with each other and how you treat each other like brothers and sisters, even though you disagree on this. We who cling to the gospel have been adopted by God, the father because of the shed blood of Jesus on our behalf. So let's act like it. Let's act like it. Consider God's word as you interact with one another. And as you interact with the world, consider God's word before you post on social media. Consider God's word before you send that text or before you make that phone call and uh, put someone in a situation that might be hard for them, where they might really be struggling, where you might be a stumbling block. As you debate with friends and family or neighbors who are out and about and you're having more conversations with, consider God's word as you enter in to those conversations. It's okay to disagree, Paul says, right? Sometimes, it's even fun for us to disagree. And we can end up in situations where we see iron sharpening iron. But do it kindly. Do it wisely. Do it lovingly. And as Paul concludes in chapter 15, verse 6, do it so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and one voice. Let's pray to that end. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for the truth that was written uh, thousands of years ago by Paul here. Lord, we just ask for your help in understanding how we might interact with authorities that we recognize that have been established by you. Lord, it's a complex situation and uh, there's a variety of opinions and we're often not sure what to do, but we have strong feelings sometimes. And so we just lay those before you. Lord, would you let your word and your spirit inform how we're thinking and how we're acting? Lord, and beyond that, would you help us to set aside our rights for the sake of our weaker brother or sister? Lord, would you help us to surrender ourselves as you surrendered so that we might show love to those around us? Lord, and above all this, we just ask that by the way that we live our lives, by the way that we interact with one another, and by the way that we show your love, uh, both to other believers and non, Lord, through all of this, we want to see many people come to Saving Faith in Jesus Christ. And so we just ask that you would continue to use this situation, uh, both in our lives personally and around the globe, to bring glory to your name and to bring many people to a saving relationship with Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.
3: Being here I find my rest, and without you I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart, Lord. I one defense my righteousness oh God how I need where sin runs deep your grace is more where grace is fine his way And where you are, Lord I am free the holy So teach my song to rise to you When temptation comes my way And when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you Jesus, you're my hope and stay So teach my song to rise to you when temptation comes my way, and when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you, and Jesus, you're my hope and stay.
2: Receive these words of blessing on your week. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace.